Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Damien. And I'm Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want interdependent study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. And Aaron, you're up this week. Mm. What have you brought to the table today? Well, I have brought a report by Color of Change and Little Sis called Police Foundations, colon, a corporate-sponsored threat to democracy and black lives. Um, I think that the reporting here, um, in terms of digging into some of the secrecy behind these nonprofits, is... uh, so important. Yeah. Um, it's another piece of the puzzle in looking into the power that police departments hold. Um, you know, these foundations have essentially been used as ways to funnel money into police departments um, from corporate donors. Uh, and then they get to use that donation as a tax break and then potentially leverage it into profits because yeah. the department has a relationship with that company now yeah. uh, because they donated to the foundation. Yeah. Um, so I think this report opens up a whole other conversation about how police uh, about how police should be held accountable to the people that they serve Mm -hmm. um, because I think increasing transparency here is super important uh, because we need to understand how these departments are being funded and where are they getting the money for these uh, new equipment that's that's being used to surveil or police us or or whatever Um, so yeah I think there's a lot of really great reporting here but it's also alarming in some ways um Oh, man. Yes. There's a lot of remarkable things to like think about and, and ponder as we consider and, 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 you know, talk through this particular report. Yeah. I mean, I think the wild thing about all this is like the word you use was secrecy, right? Like, yeah. And they sort of illuminate this in the report that like all of this is secret, right? Like this is, this was news to me, like this idea of police foundations and what's happening. Like I had no idea um, that. these police foundations existed and um and existed in the way that they are existing to the millions of dollars worth (laughs) that they're existing and so yeah this uh report was like fascinating right and Mm -hmm. also in so many ways infuriating right because um it blew my mind to sort of learn about this and sort of see what is and find out about what's happening right like um i think it's just it was really disturbing to sort of learn about these police foundations and what they're doing and what they've enabled to happen Mm -hmm. in our country. Right. I think it's also insane to like learn about how many private donors and, and sponsors there are for these foundations. Like the report highlights that it's like just over a thousand or it was like 1200 or something that they found for this report. Um, the thousands, um, and like the idea that there are 55 or so like fortune 500 companies that are backing these foundations, right. That are funding these police foundations, right. Like, mm-hmm. and we're talking big companies, right. Like mm-hmm. bank of America, Microsoft, Amazon, Uber, Verizon, AT&T, Wells Fargo, uh, target, Walmart, like what? Um, and that's just a few of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't know. I think we'll, I'm sure we'll, dive into more of the like nitty gritty of the report but like i i think i 
uh, am just grateful that you found this, like that we got to read it, right? That this report is important um, and it's important that it exists, right? Like, because these police foundations exist, but so many of us don't know about them, right? And we don't yep. necessarily know that this is happening um, in the way that it's happening. Um, you know, and I think it's difficult to grapple with, right? Because as this report sort of lays out, these police foundations are helping police departments across the country. And I think obviously related, like our larger criminal punishment system as a whole and as a result, like continue to inflict harm and violence on our communities, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and especially our black and brown communities. So um, it's, it, it, it was a lot, right? And like, there's also just so much in hit this that is like pretty awful and 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 disturbing, right? Like that these foundations are doing, right? Like one of the pieces, and I'm gonna shut up here. One of the pieces in this report that stood out to me was the story of the Atlanta Police Foundation. Yeah. Uh, and in sort of the wake of Rayshard Brooks's murder by the Atlanta Police Department. Um, there were some sort of conversations uh, that were happening amongst police officers around sort of taking time off, right, and sort of striking, if you will. And the Atlanta Police Foundation gave police officers in that city a $500 bonus, right? Yep. Like they had enough money to do that. Um, and so, like, it's, it's just hard to sort of, like, what do you do with that information, right? Like, how, like is this real life? So, um, yeah, this again, this was an incredible report. Um, yeah. And so I'm I'm glad we're we're talking about it. Yeah, I think the um, you know, going back to to what you said, like the number of corporations who are deeply invested in these foundations is super troubling. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes sense, right? Like the origins of policing. Yeah. In this country. Uh huh. Um, are for the protection of rich people's property, uh -huh. um, mostly, right, and at the start of policing, enslaved people is yep. what we're talking about. And then imposing so-called order on society by like squashing strikes or rebellions. Um, so then we can see that corporations from the beginning of policing have had a vested interest in advancing policing. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Yeah. And in funding police uh, because they were essentially created to defend these corporations and advance the interests of corporations. Right. Um, which used to be called other things. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it, it's alarming. And it also is like, well, yeah. Yeah. If you connect the dots here, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I think back to that piece about the bonus for officers, it's mm. so hard to imagine walking off the job because somebody I work with murdered someone. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was upset that they were being sort of held accountable for that. Correct. And then I get 500 bucks cause I left my job. Yeah. Didn't do it. I, it doesn't, it doesn't compute mm -hmm. for me. Um, and I think my guess is if you asked striking workers who are striking right now, at plants ac across the United States, it also wouldn't compute for them. Exactly. Um, Great point. So yeah, that that's <laughs> just bizarre. Mm -hmm. um, and then another piece of this is a, uh, about there aren't requirements for disclosing the donors, right? Of police foundations. Yeah. Uh, and in the face of some scrutiny a few years ago, um, 
a lot of the foundations took down information off their websites, mm-hmm. like who serves on their boards yep. um, and who are their prominent funders. Um, so they're hiding stuff on purpose to avoid the scrutiny that I think this uh, report is now trying to bring back up. In, in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. And rightfully so, but also, yeah, I mean, that, that says a lot, right? Like if you, if you then have to go and make a decision to like, Oh, take my name off that. Right. Like, right. I mean, that to me speaks to some shame and some like, you know, sort of feeling, uh, that exists that maybe you're not doing the right thing right here. Yeah. Um, uh, and so why are you doing it to begin with? Um, and so, yeah, that's sort of, I think all, uh, what's happening for these companies and these foundations and the wake of sort of what happened in 2020, right? Like, um, and with sort of, as you said, this report sort of coming out, uh, coming to light. Um, yeah, I, and the other thing that's so wild is again, we're talking about millions upon millions of dollars being spent here, right? Like, and so these foundations are sort of dealing in mega money to do things and provide for, Uh, police departments across the country, right? So we're talking, and this report sort of lays this out in a really great way, right? Like um, things like armored vehicles and Mm -hmm. video surveillance equipment and weapons, sort of of your your, (laughs) everyday weapons to your military-grade weapons, right? And like police dogs and police horses um, and full-on training facilities, right? And SWAT gear and just so much stuff. Um, And so what I appreciated about the report is that it really did a great job in providing like actual examples of all of these things, right? And and the cost of them in the various cities across the country, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, back to the great city of Atlanta, right? Um, The Atlanta Police Foundation, the report says that it funded like 11,000 surveillance cameras and and license plate readers, and that cost $2.6 million. Um, $2.6 million. Like, what is going on? What are we doing with that, right? And then turned Atlanta into the most surveilled city in the world. U.S.? I think in, in the U.S. In the U.S. I think in the U.S. Yeah. Um, in terms of numbers of camera per person. Yes. Like most surveilled yes, in the U.S. right. And the report sort of makes the connection, which I don't think is a leap for anybody who's listening in with us, right? That sort of, that who is that surveillance really targeting, right? right. And so, you know, I think the other piece that, you know, is connected to this, right, is, and, and the report laid this out as well, is, right, like, Police spending per capita, I think, since the 1990s has increased nationally since 46 uh, by 46 percent. Excuse me. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we continue to see budget cuts. Right. For vital services and, and sort of social services like education and health care and infrastructure. Right. And actual interventions and services that would better serve all of us. Right. And not to mention, like all the people we have in our country who are living in poverty. Right. And who aren't making a livable wage. Right. Like police spending has gone up and now these police foundations are funneling millions of dollars um, into into their accounts. Right. And so, you know, I think I just sort of think the meat and potatoes of this report talking about what these police foundations are are funding uh, in our communities. Right. For these police forces, you know, despite what we actually need is just mind boggling. Like it just kind of made me sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, so much money is being funneled into these projects that, as you said, aren't actually helping us. Um, and to a certain extent, these projects are only being funded for a couple of years yes. and then left for the city to pick up. Right. Ah, so good I point. think if if I am recalling correctly, there are a lot of examples in the report 
that Atlanta surveillance camera, right? Um, the foundation funded them for a couple of years and then left the city to pick up the tab yep. after they were like, oh, we're done now. Mm-hmm. So then they shifted all the the fiscal responsibility of managing these things to the taxpayers. To That's right. For something that, you know, the city, the taxpayers didn't choose to install. Yep. Um, so... That's really bizarre to think about, too, is like, yeah, this is it's, you know, uh, I think you can say what you want about private money and say how it should be spent. And people are going to be like, well, we do get to spend their money how they want. Yeah. And yeah, sure. But you don't get to spend your money to set up some project that then you abandon. you just abandon and yeah. give to the city to fund. Right. Um, you know, that I, that isn't right in, a, in so many ways. Um, and, you know. Speaking of ridiculous funding, let's talk about these tactical villages for a minute. Oh, gosh. You know, these are essentially replicas of city blocks mm -hmm. designed for arms training yep. um, for police departments, um, which cost millions of dollars. And, you know, and they're mostly provided by the police foundations. But again, this is something that isn't necessary right. with money that could have gone to some other purpose in the community that the community actually needs right. um, rather than a fake city block that we're, we're going to run, run around and, and shoot and, it. And, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and do, you know, whatever training they're going to do in there. Um, and it's, it's very bizarre. And then there are examples in the, in their, uh, in the report about these tactical villages and how they've um, been funded and, and where they've been funded and the opposition people have had yes. uh, in different cities to them. Like I think the one in Atlanta, they wanted to build on some protected like um, land, mm -hmm. uh, which obviously didn't go over well. Like, right. Um, yeah. And so part of this too is, as you mentioned, police horses is um, pastures <laughs> and, and stables for horses for the police. So it's, it's just a, uh, it's a whole lot of uh, ridiculous spending Yeah. Um, on, on things that, we don't really need. We just don't need, right? And again, I'm just going to keep harp, harping, harping, harking, harping. Which harping. one is it? Harping. harping. Yeah. On, I should know that. Um, You're not an, an angel singing. It's not. Ah, hark. hark. There hark it is. The I, know, I knew it was a word. <laughs> <It's> uh, a word. <laughs> just not the right context. Uh, uh, hark. Not the right word for this. <laughs> uh, um, on the idea. Harping. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. On the millions of dollars, millions of dollars. And I just keep thinking about, I can't stop thinking about what else we could be using that money for. Right. So um, many things, so many things. Right. And so I think the other thing that's sort of been just, that just keeps rattling around in my brain and I just can't get over it is that it's just wild to me that these police foundations even exist. Right. Like yeah. I just, I, I just wasn't really aware of this um, until reading this. Right. So it's, it's wild to me that they exist and that they're in so many major cities across the United States um, and that they're private, right? And they've been able to sort of operate and are operating like that for some time, right? right. Um, I think that's just sort of mind-blowing to me on so many levels. And I think, I think this report really helped me name why that is, right, and why that's the case, right? So, like, for one, it's like these police foundations are operating as private organizations that – have a clear agenda in my opinion. And as we've said here, it's not about serving or to serve real people or our communities, right? Um, one of the parts of this report that stood out to me, um, and I'm gonna quote them, they said, 
as communities across the nation demand critical investments in what will actually keep us safe, healthy, and housed. Police foundations exist to both funnel private money to policing and to secretly continue the militarization of large and small-scale police departments across the country. As private entities, police foundations and their corporate sponsors protect corporate interests and increase huge police budgets outside of government oversight, with no accountability to communities that police are sworn to serve. And so, like, that's huge in itself, but the report then later sort of, just a little bit later, goes on to say, by claiming to provide equipment and technology that massively funded police departments, quote-unquote, can't afford, police foundations pay for police violence, from SWAT equipment to lethal police dogs, officers used to terrorize black communities, repress protests, and injure racial justice protesters, right? And so I I think when I think about this and I think about some of our conversations we've had here about abolition and liberation movements and like the work it's going to take to get us to this place where we live in a society and the kind of society in the world that I hope we get to see one day, right? It's difficult to sort of imagine it when, again, millions of dollars are just sort of secretly bankrolling <laughs> police forces across the country yeah absolutely and i think you know um i think it's easy to see um or easy to be dismissive i think of some of the assertions that this report is making if you have uh if if you want to i right like i think that you can have a frame of mind going into this um where you could dismiss the assertions um that the report is making and so one thing i want to lift up is a piece of the report said uh, almost 40% of the foundations, the, the current police foundations, 40% of them were created between 2014 and 2016. Yes. Right. And so if you think about that in the context of liberation movements, Black Lives Matter, that is a knee jerk corporate response to Black Lives Matter movements and protests and rebellions in 2014 and 2015. There it is. Um, and as I said earlier, it's a corporate knee-jerk response, um, and they're getting a tax break on it, mm-hmm. um, and they're also, in 2020, flash forward a few years, they release statements that say they support racial justice. Yes. Um, so it's all very complicated, but it's all right here. Yeah. Um, that, that these foundations are just a way to funnel corporate money into guns surveillance Mm -hmm. whatever other technology like the the report mentioned some um i think they're called stingrays um, which are cell phone device surveillance that they have been using at uh the police forces across the country is what i mean by they Mm -hmm. have been using at uh protests over last summer uh in 2020 so you know, all of those things are being funded by corporations. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's what all of these things are doing. So I, I wanted to connect those dots because as as you were talking about it, I was like, oh, we haven't said anything about this yet. And and it dawned on me that we should say, like, when these it's a are huge happening. growth. Yeah. And it's clearly a response. Yeah. Because I think the only police force 
uh, police foundation that's been around for a long time is New York City's, right? It's been around yeah. I think 50 years. some years. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, the vast majority of them have cropped up in the past, uh, I can do math, seven, eight years, right? Yeah. And so um, that's a very good point, right? Yeah. And sort of like if you really want to sit and interrogate this, right, you have to sit with that and recognize the timeline of real events mm-hmm. um, as it relates to this. So yeah. good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the recommendations that are in the report. Oh yeah. Um, that color of change and little sis make. Um, so the I thought the section was pretty powerful. Yeah. They aim them at corporations, policymakers, and community members. So each, you know, piece of that puzzle um, had sort of an action step on what to do uh, f- from from where you sit. So corporations are asked to step down from these boards and divest from donating any money to them. Uh, policymakers are encouraged to hold hearings, mandate disclosure of donations and board membership, and require public approval of expenditures, um, right, which uh, apparently a city, I think it was in Missouri, um, yeah. has already approved um, that any kind of expenditure from the police foundation has to be approved through uh, the city in some way. Right. Um, so that things like the, you know, in Atlanta, those cameras getting uh, just abandoned by the foundation and left up to the city to manage doesn't happen. Um, and then for community members, um, regular folks, um, I think we need to try to take the, their suggestion was that we try to take a look at our local found police foundations and scrutinize what they're doing, yep. um, who's supporting them and then put pressure, um, on those companies who are supporting them, whether we work at those companies or, um, support them in some way, like buying their products or, or shopping there, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, putting pressure on them because they're supporting these um, un- unaccountable organizations that are just funneling money into uh, police departments. Yeah, absolutely. I love that part. I think, you know, that's a critical piece of any sort of report like this, right? Yeah, and so yeah. um, I, I think that's some good action steps. And I also like really appreciate it. They highlighted that Coca-Cola, right. Mm-hmm. Was like engaged in conversations with color of change, right. Based on this report, based on their findings. Um, and like through ongoing conversations, I think Coca-Cola who was at the time, you know, actually one of the Atlanta police foundation's largest corporate donors, um, actually stepped down, um, from their, from that foundation's board of trustees. And I think that just happened like in April of this year, earlier this year. So like this stuff actually can happen, right? And yep. that's why this work is important, right? So I applaud Color of Change and Little Sis for doing this, right? And the work that they're doing, particularly with our um, with these corporations and with policymakers, right? Um, because it can make a difference. And in the case of a huge corporation like Coca-Cola, it did, right? So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's shift a little bit, talk about application and right. how this influences our daily lives. Yeah. Um, one of the important things here that uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about before now is uh, gentrification. Ah, um, yeah. And so there are ties that the report names between gentrification and increased police presence. Yes. Um, and then ties between police foundations and real estate and financial companies who are bankrolling the real estate projects that then create gentrification. Mm-hmm. Um so these are real direct ties to what's happening with development in our cities and neighborhoods, right? Like these projects, the development projects are almost never designed for the people who are already here, yeah. um, already in the neighborhoods. And then when new people or companies move into the neighborhood, they generally call the police more according to this data. Yeah. Um, and then I think 
so tying back to last week and the the conversation we had about revisions of abolition yeah um ruth wilson gilmore in the that uh film uh was talking about how we can call how we call the police way more for minor inconveniences than we used to yep um because they're more present um and so we can tie all these things together um, and see how these construction projects influence us in our day-to-day lives and encourage us to call the police more. Um, and then we don't necessarily know our neighbors and we can't solve like minor inconveniences amongst yes. each other, right? Yes. Um, and then you think about it, police foundations are funded by big tech companies who then wanna sell us new surveillance products uh, based on our mistrust of our neighbors. Huh. Um, <laughs> Oh, gosh. Right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, and they talk about Amazon Ring in the report. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the police foundations and departments are getting donations from these tech companies. And then they also have access to the video footage that we yeah. are providing them by installing the cameras um, and signing off on what are their terms of conditions are, terms and conditions are. So, um, yeah, this it's all like... Police foundation, I think it sounds like a very abstract concept, but then you think about who's funding them um, are the same people who are funding like large scale uh, development projects that are gentrifying neighborhoods and pushing out like long term residents yeah. um, who are also then facing violence um, like at the hands of physical violence yeah. at the hands of um, over policing. Absolutely. That's great. Right. And I yeah. think. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because it speaks to there's a lot more in this report that we aren't clearly going to get to talk about. Right. But it speaks to the point that all of this is application. Right. All of this is applicable. Yeah, like every piece of this is because it is about sort of our communities. Right. And what is really keeping us safe and what is not. Um, and so, yeah, I I think application here sort of maybe is 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 homeworky, too. Right. But like everyone needs to take some time and read this report because I think they're. I think the idea that these foundations exist, right, um, is is hidden, right, mm-hmm. and not known to the public. And the work that they're doing is just not known. So um, I encourage folks to read this. I think another piece of application, which um, is certainly difficult to sort of think about because I know it's something I struggle with, and I think a lot of folks will resonate with this when I say it, right? But, like, what does it mean to us as individuals and also to us as a society, right? To learn about these police foundations. And I think specifically to think about um, how so many of these police foundations, top corporate sponsors um, made public statements, as you said earlier, right? In support of Black Lives Matter in 2020, but they're still engaged with these foundations, right? And they're still funding these police foundations. Like, what does that mean for us? What does mm-hmm. that mean in terms of how we engage with these companies and corporations that are named in this report? And I'm sure that there are more. Um, what does that mean in terms of how we choose to spend our money? Yeah. Um, right. And, and who we give our business to. Right. Uh, I, that those are really tough questions. Um, but I think we have to sort of ask ourselves and really think about that. And I know so much of what we do as people is based on what's convenient, right? And what's quick and, you know, life is hard and, uh, you know, life comes at you fast and you have to make decisions about things. And sometimes it's about catching that sale, right? And all of that good stuff. But, you know, when you look at the, I named some of them, but there are a whole lot more companies on there. It's like, wow, I shop here, 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 here. I just flew in Southwest. They were on the list, right? Like, 
man, like what, what does now that I've read this and I know this, what does that mean moving forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, uh, that application is important of like, how, what does this mean for my daily life? Yeah. Um, you know, who, who is it that I'm shopping with and, and what are they doing? Are they still supporting this? And, um, yeah, all those are great questions to ask and sit with. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about homework. Yeah. Honestly, there's so much here. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think my homework is uh, to look at the recommendation sections of this report um, and then put pressure on the companies and brands that we use or we buy stuff from um, to divest from these foundations and step down from these boards. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know that'll be some of the work uh, that I'm doing along with looking into uh, if there are police foundations for some of the local jurisdictions around us. We yes. live outside of Washington, D.C. Yep. Washington, D.C. is named a few times throughout this report. Um, so there's definitely one for D.C., but you know the surrounding areas here in Maryland like are there uh, foundations as well. So like, do they exist? Who's funding them? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are they up to as well? Um, I think it is also important homework for, for any of us thinking about this, like, do our local jurisdictions have police absolutely uh, foundations too? Absolutely, co-signed. Yeah, I think we all need to be thinking about this and doing our own research into our own communities, right, to see what's happening, right. And so, um, now that you know, it's time to do the work. Um, I think the other thing to sort of do, and it's part of the recommendations that they make too, is this: like, if you find out that it exists, right, or even if it doesn't exist near you in your local community and you're just compelled to do this, right? The The website that this is all connected to is policefoundations.org and they actually have mm-hmm. a petition on their site that you can sign uh, to demand change and accountability as sort of one step that you can take um, to contribute to this effort of, um, th- to this effort, I should say. So I think that's good homework for sure. Um, I grew up in Baltimore and Baltimore, the Baltimore County F- Police Foundation is named in this report. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and uh, in like the resource section, there are a bunch of links about the actual Baltimore County Police Foundation. And so uh, also some homework for me is to l- click on those links, learn a little bit more about uh, that foundation and to see sort of what they're doing. And um, I certainly don't live there now, but uh, my fam- a lot of my family does. And so, um, I think we certainly will for my family who's who's listening. I know there's some of you who do, and we have a weekly call on Saturday nights. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about this <laughs> because, um, you know, we've all got to be engaged in this. So that's my homework for the week. Yeah. Um, and one of the other links I just thought about, as you mm. mentioned, policefoundations.org. Um, I don't remember the link for this, so maybe we'll post this on social media. Okay. Um, but the um, – uh, one of the links in the project in the report uh, link was a database that showed you how what the percentage um, of a city budget was, like how much of the city budget went to policing. Oh, um, so you could look up Washington D.C. and Baltimore and and a lot of major cities across uh, the country uh, and see what the percentage was. You could see their total budget. Uh, and then the total budget for the police, and then it showed you a pie chart of how big that piece of the pie was. Brilliant. Um, so it's also an easy way to look at like how much money are we actually spending on this? Yes. Um, this function uh, of of the city. So. And do you uh, recall is it just policing, or do they also so other sort of social services and education? No, and it was. It was just policing. policing? Yeah. That's great. No, that's so, still great. You know. It, yeah. 
in some cities it's like, well, it's 48% or it's 37%. Um, And so there's a, there's a lot of money being spent as you mentioned earlier in one of your statistics about how it's gone up 46% um, in the last number of years. Yeah. Let's Um, post that for sure. All right. So that's it for this week's conversation around police foundations and this report. Um, and Damien, you're up next time. What are you bringing to the table in our next episode? I am. All right. So for our next episode, I'm bringing an article to the table for us. Mm-hmm. It is called Police Violence is a Disability Justice Issue uh, by Derricka Purnell. And it was published on the Boston Review's website um, just last month on September 29th, 2021, if you want to go and try to find it. Um, And actually, this article is an excerpt from, or it could even be a full chapter. I'm not 100% sure. It was either an excerpt or a full chapter from her upcoming book, Becoming Abolitionist, Police, Protests, and the Pursuit of Freedom, um, which I shouldn't have said upcoming because it just came out this month. Um, And so I, and I know that this is a book we both want to read. Um, but I think as the sort of title alludes to, right, like this piece will sort of serve as a way for us to uh, continue this conversation about the power of police violence and our, our ongoing conversations about uh, abolition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this piece has a particular focus on the necessity of abolition given the context of the history and, and impact of police violence on disabled folks and, and specifically disabled black folks. Right. And so um, I think as we have said, we, you know, we're all in for abolition, right. And so this is another uh, piece of why this work and why abolition is important. Right. And so I'm, uh, I cannot wait to read this article and uh, bring it to the table for us to talk about. Yes. Wait a minute. I'm looking over y'all and Aaron has his Kindle out and I think I see the book. I on do. The Kindle. I, I, yep. I started reading it recently. Um, and it is very good so far. Oh, man. Um, so it's going to be a, a great conversation, uh, on our next episode. Cause, um, yeah, her, her writing is very clear. Um, and, um, yeah, relatable and, um, makes ideas around abolition very, uh, crystallized, oh, I think. Sweet. Um, so, okay. um, you know, and I've just gotten into through the introduction and part of the first chapter and like literally just started. But, okay. All um, right. I'm behind. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta buy it and get on this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At least initially I gotta read, I gotta read this article, but I want, I want the whole book too. So yeah, very good. Absolutely. So, um, all right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what I'm going to ask you to do here, but maybe you forgot. Uh-huh. Um, please follow, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with the people in your life. Follow us on social media and sign up for our email list to get notified about new stuff we have going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. Folks, thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>